This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it is Taz and the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You've got Mike, Pete. Thank you across the way. Bogus, your updates. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. That is your number to call, and it's brought to you from, by your good friends over at Geico. Uh, great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. We kick off this third and final hour. Let's get to it, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Steve Kerr voices his opinion on the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Steve Kerr yesterday, uh, a podcast. What was it? Warriors Podcast? Is that what the name of it Yeah, I think it was Warriors Insider. Warriors Insider Podcast. Here is Steve Kerr. Uh, playing back-to-back, Pete, uh, the two cuts yesterday here, uh, talking about uh, the NBA offseason and uh, players forcing their way out of teams. As a former player, I, I always sort of uh, lean towards player empowerment. You know, guys you know, who have earned their uh, right to free agency if they want to make a move and, and, you know, make a move for their own careers, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, they've earned that right. Um uh, my only issue is when a player who's under contract um, decides not to honor the contract. Um, I think that's a that's a problem, and that's something that could really affect the league. I think um, you know I think there's a way to to move, and there's a way to not move. I'm not even talking about in the off season if a you know if a, a team like Oklahoma City decides to go a new direction, and they sort of mutually decide to part ways with uh, with Russell and Russell wants to move on you know I, to me that's a different deal I'm talking more about the Anthony Davis situation mm-hmm. you know where a guy's yeah. perfectly healthy and got uh, a couple years left on his deal and says uh, I want to I want to I want to leave yeah um, I think that's a real problem um, that that the league has to address that the players have to be careful with uh, to me when you sign on that dotted line um, you owe your your effort um, and your play uh, to to that team, to that city, to the fans, and then it's it's completely your right to leave as a free agent. But uh, if you sign the contract, then you should be bound to that contract. Yeah, you know. But the first of all, not every situation is the same. I, I think what bothers people about the Davis scenario is the fact that Davis and LeBron James have the same agent in Rich Paul. Um, And the inner workings there and LeBron um, being so vocal about wanting to play with Anthony Davis to the point where he got reprimanded by the National Basketball Association, Adam Silver, last year 
during the course of the regular season. And there's another way to look at it. As as Steve Kerr told you, well, if you sign your contract, you should honor your contract. And there are players that sign their deal to play in a particular city for three or four years, whatever, five years, whatever the length might be, Taz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And if you if you don't have a no trade clause, you could get traded. Could you right. not? I mean, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a team doesn't necessarily have to honor the contract either. They could trade you. Um, sure. That's a possibility. Um, and and that is and that is uh, you know every right of the team for an organization. So it's not necessarily even if you you know love living there, your family loves living there. You don't want to go play anywhere else. You're happy with it. And then you could also factor in that the trust level. Uh, if you are a player. Um, and you're a player of the skill and ability of Anthony Davis, and you don't feel like the organization is doing everything it can to build the team and the organization the right way around you, then you have every right. And then you have every right to be despondent or angry or distrustful of that franchise too. Yeah, listen, it, we, we talked a lot about this earlier, right? So people could download the, the podcast. You want to hear the whole conversation, but. Like, I was just a little surprised. I mean, I get what, what, what Kerr is saying, and I agree with a lot of it, I, and I do. But as a former athlete, I could tell you, if someone wants out of a deal, um, it's tough to just – this is not a perfect world we live in. These are, these are people. People make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And you sign a deal, in a perfect world, you stick to the deal. But sometimes it gets to a point where you just don't want to be there no more for, for – like you said earlier, for a plethora of different reasons. So it might not be something that has anything to do with the sport, with, with basketball. If someone wants to leave, you you don't want someone staying on your team or in your company or being in a relationship with that that person doesn't want to be with you or with your team or organization. You don't want someone who's disgruntled. You don't want someone that could be caused, uh, that could bleed into, we didn't mention this earlier, but I didn't mention it earlier, this could bleed into the locker room too. So if you have someone who's not happy there and disgruntled there, but you're going to hold him to the fire because we need him to win, and you're going to play because you signed on the dotted line, like to use Kerr's line. You know, now you run the risk of having a guy who, or girl who's in a locker room that doesn't want to be there, and that could drip. That negativity and that, you know, that, that whole disgruntledness can drip onto younger players or, or even older players, and it, it could spread. So you got to be careful of that. You know, I... I've gotten out of a contract that I didn't want to be in a company no more, and I had some time left, and I, I wanted out. I wasn't happy. They wanted me to stay. I wanted out. And, and 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 we came to terms because who wants someone to stay with you when they don't want to be with you? And I also don't think, Moose, and we talked about this earlier, I don't think that he, Kerr, should have mentioned Davis by name. This Davis, if I'm Davis, if I'm AD, I'm like, oh, hell with him. Who's Steve Kerr? He coaches for a different team. I don't play for his organization. I don't play under him. I'm not one of his guys. Why is he spitting my name out of his mouth? That's how I'd be. And I'm sure Davis is pissed. He won't say it, but I'm sure he is. He shouldn't well, have said his name. And what about if if Anthony Davis said, I want to play in Golden State? Well, well, oh, oh that's, a, <laughs> now that's a good point. So you say, what if he wanted well, to leave? What about if he said, uh, La you know, La Land I, and go right. up, up north? He, well, yeah. if he wanted to leave New Orleans and say, uh, you know, trade me the only oh, place. I think he leave the Lakers and go. Well, well, regardless, whatever. Well, regardless. Yeah. But, I mean, the point being is that if he if he forced his way out of New Orleans and said, the only place I want to go to is Golden State, would Steve Kerr have an issue with it? Would it be critical? Would he be hopping on the Warriors uh, podcast, uh, insider podcast? The answer is probably nope. no. Uh, He'd yeah. be happy. Yeah, he would be very happy. That's a great point. Yeah, That's, a very, great very point. Happy. That's a great so, point. So, you got to be careful here. Uh, players are going to use the leverage that they can use uh, when they can use it. And Davis was upfront and honest uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans to where 
their you know their new general manager David Griffin could get everything he possibly could, and people believe he got a lot from the Los Angeles Lakers. So um, it's not the it's not the best thing in the world. You don't want it to have happen. You don't want every player forcing their way out after trying to sign, after signing deals. But not every situation is the same as Anthony Davis. I mean, you're talking about one of the top six players in the world. Too. Right. Yeah. No. And yeah. And it, it is. It's always a different situation for sure. Um, but you know, I don't think this. And I don't think it's ever gonna. This is ever gonna change. Like you know, as far as players wanting to leave teams and stuff, that's gonna happen. People get unhappy. People leave jobs. They get unhappy. I mean, well, you didn't sign a contract. Well, okay, I understand that. But like you said too, sometimes teams can trade you. There's outs a lot of times in contracts for guys, and guys like, well, look, you have an out to get rid of me. I want an out that I could leave. Right. Yeah, you know, that that you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, we, I, I know. We know the deal on that. No, we do. You're you know, right. It's, about it's, that. Anybody who works under a contract understands what I'm saying. You're saying with that. There are a lot of folks right now listening to us that don't work under a contract. A lot, most people don't. They have a job and they work for a company or they're a business owner or what have you. But they understand the concept of a contract. But it's still, it's just like it's still a job. Even though you have a contract, if you're not happy and you want to leave. You know, it's tough to 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 hold someone to the fire. It's tough to make them stay. Then he also did Curse say something like this was I'm trying to remember because I read through the article a couple times quick, but didn't he say something um this was groundbreaking, like what happened with um with AD? I missed that comment. I sworn that I, I saw that it, because it's not groundbreaking, right? We've seen this before with, with you know, with guys. You oh, know, no, yeah, you've seen it with before. Carmelo, right? Yeah, like, you've you know. seen it, right. You've seen it before. So that's not, and, you know, Melo wanted the, the long-term deal under the old CBA and still get traded by Denver to the Knicks. So he could have left via free agency. So, yeah. Uh, no, and you're not going to see it. The Anthony Davis example is not going to be the last example either right, uh, right. in our lifetimes. All right, next. Number two. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer is fired up. Yeah, he certainly huh. is. Let's play a little snippet yesterday as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got introduced as Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah! Most of all, I'm pumped. You say hello <laughs> as Clippers to Paul and Kawhi. Come on! Come on! Come on! Clipper fan as they celebrate, and rightfully so. It's like a pep rally. Uh, it's, and it's great. It's going to be fun out in Los Angeles watching this Clippers team play and uh, what they're able to do. Uh, they got two great players, two great defenders, two great all-around talents as long as uh, George coming off the two shoulder surgeries is ready to go at some point during the regular season. Will he might not be there at the start, uh, but Bomber yesterday, an owner to be excited to play for. And he was certainly excited yesterday. Oh, yeah, the passion. I was saying, just imagine how funny it would be just watching a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's the complete opposite of Obama, yeah. sitting there with Obama. Obama's like, you fired up? Kawhi, you ready to go? You fired up to play for us? And Kawhi's like, uh, yeah, man, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, By the way, circle back. If we could just back up to the Kerr thing. I want to just mention that groundbreaking thing. Uh, he did say, this is from Kerr. 
a quote, but the Davis stuff was really kind of groundbreaking and hopefully not a trend because it's bad for the league. So that's from Steve Kerr. There you go. It's not groundbreaking, right? We just went over this, right? Uh, no, not. I think it's more about the agents working. Right, right. I, I would say that. Um, right. Where, no, in, in the example of a player trying to force his way out of a situation, that's not groundbreaking. I think it's kind of the way it all went down. I see what you're saying. A Maybe I misread it the way he's. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I would. That would be the only reason because you can't tell me that a guy forcing his way out of a situation it's is groundbreaking. groundbreaking. Right. That's exactly. not. It's not. No. no. It's just, that's the thing. No, not at all. Um, all right. Next. Number three. Red Sox protest lost to Rays due to lineup card questions. Yeah. So here is the Red Sox manager Alex Cora after yesterday's game. Yeah, we do have it right. Number seven on the list. You got it, Pete? Just looked at me. Seven or seven and a half. All right, we got it. Here we, we go. Seven Here's and a half. Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager, after uh, the confusion and last begin. night. They did the the pitcher, moved into a position, and uh, we felt that uh, they made some illegal substitutions. Uh, it was a mess at one point, you know. Like I, I wasn't even able to, like, keep up with Angel. So um, we protested the game. Let's see where it goes. Well, that's it. Uh, led to a 20-minute delay. Uh, Red Sox have protested uh, Wednesday's game uh, and played the game under protest. And the issue surrendered, uh, surrounded uh, raised substitutions, right? Seventh inning, uh, Choi pinch hits for catcher uh, for their catcher, Mike Zunino. Uh, and that was fine. Choi remained in the game to play first base. Travis Darneau uh, moved to first uh, from first to catcher. But when Rays manager Kevin Cash shifted pitcher, Adam Kaloric um, to first base after he retired the first batter in the top of the eighth and brought in reliever Chase Rowe. He didn't specify which pitcher would replace designated hitter Austin Meadows. In the batting order, that brought bewildered Red Sox manager Alex Cora out of the dugout to argue with home plate umpire Angel Hernandez with two separate discussions delaying the game for about 20 minutes. So, um, you know, it's getting into the weeds in terms of Major League Baseball, but not exactly the moment you want to see. And Angel Hernandez, not exactly the umpire you want to see handling this situation. Oh, he has got some rep, this guy, huh? I mean, it's unbelievable. He really is. He really is. You know what? Here's the deal, folks. When you, you know... When you, you as a fan, or I don't care if you're a, a sports radio host, a sports TV host, when you know certain referee or umpire by name, that means he's just probably not really good at what he does because we shouldn't know these guys' names. You know what I mean? We know people's names like this that are in official positions or referee positions because they screw up, they're screwing up too much or they're sketchy. And this guy, Angel Hernandez, it's yeah. always a problem. No, not always. a good scenario. Rays went on to win the game last night uh, 3-2. We'll see exactly, as Cora mentioned, uh, where this protest goes. So, Bomber fired up uh, out in Los Angeles to interview bo- to introduce both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Steve Kerr bothered by the fact that uh, Anthony Davis forced his way uh, out of New Orleans, saying not a good trend for the league. And uh, the Red Sox, in a loss to Tampa Bay, play that game under protest based on what they believed were right. uh, some illegal substitutions or a shift in the lineup card. And so, we got Dustin Fox next. Correct. Right, coming up, the uh, fan in Cleveland. Yeah. We're going to talk to uh, Lil Browns football, talk a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, everything and the like. That comes your way next. Taz and Moose on this Thursday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. On this Thursday morning, 
I was just thinking about we we are and we're getting to Dustin Fox is going to join us here momentarily, right? Um, uh, yes. I was thinking about coming off the Kawhi Leonard uh, Paul George presser yesterday out in Los Angeles with the Clippers, and George references we played some audio earlier on in the program um, about that they could have or easily could have been teammates in Indiana, right? The Pacers drafted Kawhi Leonard. It was the George Hill trade. The uh, Spurs traded George Hill right. uh, to uh, Indiana. Uh, and then the the Pacers traded Kawhi Leonard to the San Antonio Spurs. Right? I mean, those were the two key contributing. Those were the two key components to that deal. Here's my, you know, do you think Kawhi Leonard, if that trade doesn't happen and he remains in Indiana, hmm. do you think Leonard is the player he is today, and the same player he is today if he's just a Pacer with Paul George? Or do you think he was helped out by the fact he started his career in San Antonio? I feel like he was. It was the Pacers. It was like it feels like eons ago, right or wrong, doesn't it? No, no, right, right, right. A while back, my my point being, right, he never he never suited up for Indiana, right, right. right? So he was drafted by Indiana. Then they traded his draft rights, and well, I mean, like his name, like associated with it. You know what I mean? No, no, yeah, right. My my point being is that do you think? Kawhi Leonard is a top five player in the world if he never puts on a San Antonio Spur uniform. No, I don't. Because I do think everything that happened with him in San Antonio, especially how it ended, built a quiet, gigantic chip on his shoulder. And I think that's why I went to the Raptors and did what he did. Right, or I was I was more thinking about the development of Kawhi Leonard. Like coming out of San Diego State. Like, do you think he was just destined to be great? Or do you think like and he was an you know he's a great basketball player he was a great college basketball player I'm not denying that but do you think he was helped out his development as an NBA player was helped out by being part of that program in San Antonio with Popovich Duncan <clears throat> Manu Ginobili Tony <clears throat> Parker do you think that helped <clears throat> excuse me Kawhi Leonard reach the level he's at I, I or do. do you think Kawhi Leonard well, is such a good basketball player Taz that regardless of situation he would have become this player. Well, I, I do think that it, that second part's tough to handle. The first part, I do agree. I do think that him being part of what he did with the Spurs and then how it ended and all that jazz made him who he is today as a player. That happens with all athletes. It's the, the things, it's the experiences, no matter negative or positive, the teams you go to or players you're around or coaches you play under, um, whatever. It's the same in wrestling. You know, people you work for, what promoters, what guys you're wrestling, what towns you're working in. It Those all are just like little drops of what build who you become. And I do think that San Antonio Spurs is part of his history for a reason. No doubt. And I do think that that helped him become the great player he is. No matter if people, you know, liked what he did at San Antonio or not. No, no, and and the way it ended, it didn't end all that well. So you don't think, so because there's some that believe if you're going to be great, you're going to be great. Yeah, I know. I don't know how much I believe that. I, I I believe that. I believe that in destiny to a degree. I, I don't know. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I believe in you, you. It's meant to be that you make it be. That's how I believe. So I, I don't know about that whole thing. That if it's just it was just meant to be that Kawhi Leonard's a great basketball player. I I don't know about that. I think it. There there are a lot of athletes who who should come out of high school or college that should be great. They have the body of work. They have the experience, the and they skill get put set. In the wrong... And then, they, right, they get put in the wrong situation. No matter if it's a college and athlete, then they or don't pro. develop. Correct. Yeah, no, that was all the time. I, I, it does. It does. I mean, uh, you know, and 
I, I think probably there are examples of – I mean, LeBron James could have been playing basketball on the moon. It didn't matter. He Difference, was gonna, right. Yeah, right, he was going to be a great yeah. – you, know, you look Michael at Michael Jordan, Jordan right, driven, yeah, yeah. or look at Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. You look at those caliber of players. And Kawhi Leonard right now, with the resume he's putting together, Taz, is, is right there. So you know, I, I do think that him landing in San Antonio helped his development because I think playing with veterans of that caliber – learning what it is to be a pro, right? learning what kind of work ethic you need. I think that's kind of experiences invaluable for a young player. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Totally uh, agree. We're going to talk to Dustin Fox, talk a little Browns football. The fan in Cleveland is going to join us here momentarily. Uh, look who it is. What's oh, wow. going on, man? Oh, Take it. Come on. Here's your report. It's sponsored by Wrangler Outdoor. Pants and shirts made with durable fabrics, moisture management, and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor, clothing with outdoor credibility and everyday versatility. Try them on today. Let's go right back to those Clippers. In the middle of the Steve Ballmer show yesterday, Paul George said this. I grew up a Clippers fan. Um, I loved the Clippers as a kid. And in a strange twist, people got way carried away by that, challenging George's childhood memories since we thought for so long he wanted to be a Laker. Then we had reporters who covered George back in Indy coming to his defense with old quotes about loving those Clippers. The Patriots placed wideout Julian Edelman on the non-football injury list yesterday. His left thumb injury is reportedly a break. It happened three weeks ago. Edelman expected to miss a few more weeks. And Titan safety Keith Byard signing a five-year extension last night. It reportedly includes $31 million in guarantees. The Angels, a 3-2 winner at Dodger Stadium last night. They sweep this season's four-game freeway series. The Royals are hot for now. Winners of 9-12, a 2-0 final in Atlanta. The Nationals took two from the Rockies, 3-2 in the afternoon, then 2-0 at night. And the Cardinals dumped the Pirates 14-8, three homers for shortstop Paul DeYoung. All-Star Game MVP Shane Bieber, a 10K one-hitter in Toronto. Cleveland won 4-0. They're now two games behind the Twins in the Central Minnesota, a 10-7 home loss to the Yankees. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Let's talk a little Browns football. Let's walk aboard. Uh, Dustin Fox, uh, the fan in Cleveland, joins us now, uh, co-host of uh, Bull in the Fox uh, on 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. Hey, Dustin, Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. We appreciate it. Dustin, what's up, hey, man? Taz, Moose, good morning. Good to be with you guys. Good, yeah, man. You know, and, and Dustin, this Browns team certainly has got a lot of personalities here. Um, I, I do like the fact of, you know, even though that interview was two months ago and grabbed a lot of headlines on a number of different levels, I do like the fact of what Odell Beckham Jr. had to say yesterday at the, at his football camp in terms of you know trying to put the Giants in the rearview mirror and saying focusing in here on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think he needs to at this point. I mean, my goodness, it's been it's been long enough where you know he can let things go. And I, I know that interview was a while back, but uh, he needs to just kind of to kind of put that in the rearview mirror. And he did an interview with my partner, a one on one with the Bull. Uh, at his camp, and it was it was good to hear some of the things he had to say. Number one, he's looking for a fresh start. He's looking to, you know, kind of take a little ownership of what happened in the past and 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 move forward. Um, it hasn't been perfect for him. Obviously, he hasn't done everything right. He admits that, and I think he's looking for this fresh opportunity here in Cleveland. Uh, you know, so uh, Dustin, what about like, give us a, a feel for like in the great city of Cleveland in that whole area? Like, what's the feel, man, of the fan base? Would you say when you guys do your show and people call, whatever, or people on social media, you know, 
going with you guys talking about the Browns and talking about Beckham. Like, what's the feel like in town for most part from Brown fans about Beckham being part of this thing? Uh, the energy is just insane. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's it's really really insane. I don't think we've seen anything like this in quite some time with any team. I mean, maybe the Cavaliers come close when LeBron came back, kind of the excitement in the city. But uh, it's the energy level on social media with our callers for the, for the Browns. It's like they can't wait for today. Today's training camp. It's, training camp opens up here. Right. They, they're on the field in about an hour and a half, and um, they'll be packed out there in Berea. And every practice is going to be packed. Every preseason game is going to be packed. And obviously uh, the, the expectations are, are probably a little bit too high for the team in terms of what, they, what they're going to do because they still haven't proven anything. But, you know, fans are expecting playoffs, and, you know, I don't know. I hate to use the the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, t- well, your head coach here, did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I know. I know. It's just I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but that's sort of the expectation already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing off that, Dustin, does the excitement around the Browns match the excitement around the Cavs when Braun was there? Uh, I think it's more. It's a Browns wow. town. Even yeah. though, even though LeBron was was so great and the Cavs were an awesome team, uh, nothing tops the Browns. When the Browns win, I don't care if it was you know like back in 2014, the Browns had Brian Hoyer as their quarterback. They just drafted Johnny Manziel, and they were seven four right going into the the final you know five games of the season, and things fell apart. But I mean, there was a point in time when I mean the city was was like electric. I mean that's that's the closest I can remember. Um, to this feeling is is with the Browns. It's just it's cool how how much this town rallies around this football team. It's awesome. Uh, listen, you're listening to Taz and Moose right now. Our special guest is Dustin Fox, co-host of Bull and Fox on ninety two point three, the Fan in Cleveland. Uh, so, Dustin, with the uh, it's kind of a unique situation f- for the Browns, I would think, because. It's almost like you guys that we'd say in the wrestling business, you guys are the heels, you're the bad guy. You know, Kitchen's very outspoken as a new head coach. Um, and obviously, Baker Mayfield, it's his second year as, as an NFL quarterback. And, you know, there's a lot of bravado coming out of both these guys. And it seems like there's a chip on the shoulder of the Cleveland Browns uh, players and coaches as an overview. I mean, are, are the fans, you feel like the fans in Cleveland are enjoying this being the bad guy for a change? I don't know if they, they feel like they're the bad guy yet. I think it's coming. You know, I think <laughs> what happened last year was the start of the Browns becoming a team people really, really liked. Right. You know, the, the whole story behind, uh, you, know, uh, you know, people saw, saw hard docs, right? And they saw of course, yeah. yeah. This, this young team. They saw Baker Mayfield. They saw the team that you know, didn't win but one game in two seasons. And then all of a sudden, this thing starts to, to, to turn last year. I think people are excited about the Browns. I think people will start to hate the Browns when they start winning. You know, like right right now, I think they're still kind of a lovable, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Baker and, and, and Odell and Jarvis is kind of cool. Let's see what's going to happen. But as soon as they start winning and the trash talk continues and Baker is himself, which is this cocky quarterback that just doesn't really give a rip about what anybody thinks or says, that's when things turn. And I don't know if fans are ready for that because what happens is when you start to have success and, and people, you start to do the trash talking thing, and that's, that's all fine and dandy when you're winning. But the second the Browns have any slip up, mm. man, everyone's going to jump on top of them. And yeah. I don't know if the fans are ready for that. You know, Dustin, um, 
when we look at um, when we look at uh, the, this Browns team on the whole, your concern. I mean, there's been, as you mentioned, a lot of talk playoffs, Super Bowl. What's the concern that you have about the Browns this year? Just everybody working. You know, there's a new head coach. There's tons of new egos and attitudes and, and uh, personality, right? I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different personalities, and how does it all mesh? And does it work? You know, I mean, on paper, uh, this team looks awesome. It looks like a fantasy football team, but you know, we know how these things work. It's not. This isn't Madden. This isn't a, a video game. This is real. Like you have to, you have to fight through adversity. You have to win games. You have to. You know, deal with players. You know, are they going to? Is everybody going to get their touches? Is there enough footballs to go around? I mean, there's a lot of talented players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that you know are going to want to get their carries and get their receptions. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the concern. I mean, if everyone if everyone plays selfless and cares about winning and makes that the priority, they'll be fine. But we don't know. We haven't seen that happen yet, so we don't know how that's going to play out. What about, uh, you know, Kitchens, who, you know, every team's trying to win. We know that. Some are in better yeah. position to win than anybody else, than other teams, and we all understand that as well. But what about Kitchens here now, you know, getting, not not being the offensive coordinator, now this being his team as head coach going into uh, his first year as HC here for the Browns? I think there's a lot of pressure on Freddie because of how talented the team is. People are probably going to look at this and say, well, if they don't win X amount of games, if they don't go to the playoffs, then a lot is going to be on Freddie. And Freddie, you know, you've heard him talk. I mean, he's he's a different kind of head football coach. He, he doesn't talk like a normal coach does. I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy from the, the the South who kind of has that accent, doesn't sound like everyone's coach. Um, and, and I like that about him. I don't, I don't think he cares what people think or say, but there's no doubt that there's pressure on him. I mean, the Browns. Let's say the Browns have a season where they win six or seven games, which could happen, right? I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. My God, the pressure on him for next season is going to be through the roof because the expectations this year were, you know, ten, eleven games. But uh, I mean, but also, Dustin, it's depend on how you get to those six or seven. Yeah. I mean, it is too. I mean, if you win six or seven, if Mayfield goes out, blows out his knee week one, yeah, that's a different story, right? No, so, yeah. I mean, now if you're looking at a scenario where everyone's healthy and they win six and seven, six or seven games, and there's infighting and Beckham's creating negative headlines, whatever it mm-hmm. might be, or drama and and stuff, then obviously, yeah, you're dead on correct. Then the pressure is going to be off the charts. Yeah, if, if and remember, he's got to make he's the play caller too. Sure. So every decision made is going to be questioned if it doesn't work, right? And he's going to have to answer questions about in-game decisions. Why'd you call that timeout? Why didn't you do Why didn't you go for it? Why did you go for it? Why'd you kick a field goal? Like, those are the questions he's going to have to respond to, and he's going to have to, you know, hopefully make the right calls. And we haven't seen him do it. We saw him as a play caller last year, but we didn't see him as a head coach. I mean, there's a lot more. Well, he, he taught, he taught, he, Dustin, he talks like he's been doing it 20 years. He talks like he's Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> swagger, the confidence, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's great. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible because this guy, had he not been given the opportunity last year to be the offensive coordinator and call plays, this guy would never be a head coach. Well, dude, also, if Baker Mayfield didn't want to be the head coach, he wouldn't because Baker, I think, was his big, biggest advocate. Because they're buddies. Right, they're exactly. Two exactly. peas in a pod, you yep, know? Yep, yep, yep. When you look at so. Mayfield here, um, he's certainly outspoken. You mentioned it. He doesn't care what people think of him. Um, you know, it works when you're successful. Um, when you look at Mayfield and 
He's got that big old chip on his shoulder as well. Uh, there's a lot to like about Baker in terms of the personality. Um, doesn't have your prototypical size here, but what about Mayfield now going into year two as the full-time starter? I love the kid. I told you guys, I think I was on with you guys before the draft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, last yep. year, and I said how you know they need to draft Baker Mayfield. He's my number one quarterback and all this stuff. And, yep. and all the reasons that I liked him then, I still like him now. I like him even more now because he's now proven it a little bit in the NFL, and he's proven he can play with the big boys. But I, I just think that this kid has grown this offseason. He, 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 the way he talks, he just, he just continues to grow up. I know the headlines are, are, you know, sexy and have sizzle, and people want to think this kid is, you know, he, he's calculated with what he says. He, he loves to be challenged by the media. He loves to be challenged as, as, a, as a competitor. And I think part of the reason that he goes at Colin Cowherd and some of these other people on social media and things like that is because he wants to find ways to continue to feel like he's the walk-on. He wants people to count him out. He needs that, that chip on his shoulder. He, listen, he's not the underdog anymore, okay? He's the number one overall pick. He, he had the most touchdown passes as a rookie in the history of the game, okay? He's not the underdog anymore, but he still wants to feel like that, and so that's what he's trying to do. And that's why he tries to find these, these little things to motivate him. Yeah, and, and, and you can understand that. Um, does the Landry-Beckham friendship help here? Because, I mean, yes. listen, because the, the very fact of there, there's not enough footballs to go around. I mean, not, yeah, not it, everyone's, everyone's going to have 1,800 yards receiving. Does that friendship help here, Kitchens and Mayfield, in terms of the distribution of the football, those wideouts? I, I think Jarvis and, and Beckham's relationship is huge. If they were not best friends from childhood – I don't know that this could work because if you just if you just took these two receivers, same attitudes, same skill sets, and just threw them on a team that if they didn't know each other, I think it'd be a disaster. But these guys are competitive. They going back to their days at LSU, they wanted to one up each other. We had Les Miles on my show, and he was telling us the story about how one day after practice, Jarvis Landry's in the in the indoor facility by himself practicing his one-handed catches off the jugs machine. Well, Odell hears about it. Next day, Odell's in there trying to do these catches, and that's where it starts. These guys want to compete against each other. They are, are, are selfless towards each other, too. They, they literally, like, they call each other brothers. I mean, that's, they feel like they're family. So if you have a brother, and I do, I remember growing up, everything that my brother did, I wanted to do better. And I, I kind of feel like that's how they, how they are. But also, you know, you, you also root for your brother, too. You're, not, you're, you know, you're competing against him, but you're, you also want him to have success, too. So I think that's kind of where they're at. Uh, final one for you, Dustin, is this. You mentioned it, you know, the high expectations. What are your, you know, obviously injuries can play a role, a number of things can play a role. But this team stays healthy. What do you think the Browns are here after 17 weeks, 16 games in the regular season? Oh, I think they're a 9 or 10 win team. And I think they're right there with for the division. I don't know if they'll be able to catch. I still think Pittsburgh wins the division. I do. I think the Browns could be a wild card team, uh, and and be right in the mix. I think the last couple of games are going to be crucial for the Browns. They play Baltimore in Week 16, and, and they play Cincinnati Week 17, and they've got basically the entire division at the end of the year. So uh, I, I think they're I think they're in the mix. I mean, I I think I predicted on our show for the win ten. I don't know that I feel great about ten. I think I think that I think they win more than eight. I think <laughs> let's say the, let's say they win nine games. Nine games. There you go. And you should have cracked this one on Les Miles when you had him on the show. The only thing that could stop Beckham and Landry was Les Miles. 
Nice. That's right. <laughs> because you look at the talent they had, you said to yourself, how exactly did LSU not have a great offense? <laughs> they didn't throw those guys. I know. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know. Hey, I know. Dustin, we appreciate the time this morning, right? And uh, All right, guys. you got it. See you, Dustin. Take care, success. man. 92.3 of the fan in Cleveland. Uh, check him out. Uh, Bull and Fox, they do a great job. And uh, uh, him and Adam uh, are a good combination. And yes. Dustin, a good yes. player at Ohio State as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, Dustin. that no Buckeye doubt. program. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is stunning when you look at Les Miles. I mean, the offensive talent that they have and have had oh, or and did have under Dude. him, and they couldn't find a quarterback. But <laughs> think, I mean, the Cleveland Browns have got two LSU wide receivers. Both were on the same team on college, best friends. Yep. And you look at that offense, you wouldn't think that offense would have been the best offense in college football, and it wasn't. It was not. Who was the quarterback? That was, uh, was it, what's his name? Uh, the big dude who went to the Raiders? Um, no, yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Not Russell. No, He's younger, no, no, no. Right? That, yeah. that was, that was uh, after. After, after. Man. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who was the I don't kid? Know. I don't know uh, who the quarterback was. No, big guy. Who was the kid that played at Tennessee? Um, he played for the Tennessee Titans. He was in the AAF. Oh, really? He was in the Alliance oh God, for American Football. You got me. Uh, he, he was with. Um, oh, I can't think about. Um, it's gonna hit me here for a second. Well, when we're in the break, it's gonna hit you. Oh, it is. Bilotti knows who I'm talking. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Hang on. It's on the tip of my notes. Two one two four CBS. That's your number to call. Uh, gotcha. Zach Mettenberg. Wow. Wow. There you go. There you go. Great way to go to break. You nailed it. I believe that was the quarterback. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I believe he was the quarterback. Am <laughs> I correct? Was, was, yes, there you go. Zach Mettenberg was the quarterback uh, at LSU. Moose, you win a teddy bear. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it's Taz and the Moose. They got the undercard. Stories we missed from today's rundown coming your way next right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Make sure to check out the podcast downloaded each and every day. Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, usually about uh, 60, 90 minutes after our program goes off the air. It's available. And uh, if you missed any part of the program, um, check it out there. Uh, We put all three hours out. Any uh, Speaking of podcasts, I'll be recording a new Taz show later today uh, from one of my studios. Uh, So that'll drop later today if anybody wants any wrestling content. There you go. Podcastradio.com. Nice. Speaking of podcasts, uh, Mikey B, any update on basketball drives? Uh, yes, it was the big debut. Uh, a lot of buzz. Yeah, it was great. I appreciate all the support. Episode four comes out Tuesday. Wow. Mm. Yep. Hard uh, sell, Mike. Yeah. You got it. I put out a nice tweet for him and uh, promoted his stuff. I, I didn't. That's all right. I had to. I, now you got the time, pressure's Luke's. on. I got to do it. Not the pressure's on. Now the pressure's no, it's okay. No, it's all right. <laughs> there, there was a he point. doesn't expect you to. Everything Taz says, there's a point. <laughs> Why do you get it? I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but you sound like you worried. I, I, no, people get it. I, no, I'm joking around. If they listen to the show, they do it. Imagine yeah, someone's just trying to. Well, like, like, what an edge. <laughs> right. Can you be a bigger douche? Dude, really, if you're just turning <laughs> into the show, they could be saying that about either of us a lot. Exactly right. I just thought of that. Like, wow. I, I, no, you're right about that. No, I was just joking. 
I was just joking. I'll say one thing about the podcast. There's actually somebody that, that listened. Is that no? I uh, the team isn't doing that. There's somebody right. that listens. Dr. Mike is video. Oh, he's got video already. He does. He's, he's got, got right. his video team. I'm right. a one man band. Mike's got video before Taz of the Moose. Oh my God, that is a fact. Yes. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I mean, geez. I just wanted to say somebody listened to the podcast and he has already mm-hmm. now become an, an Uber Eats driver himself. He was so motivated from it. He's wow. doing it himself. That's amazing. Really. Yes, really. You're you're a motivator. You're an inspirer. You you are a what they call a um, an influencer. That's what the kids call it today. The Generation Z, the kids that are in their twenties. You're called an influencer. Thank you. I Maybe I should start doing that, that in word, between right? shifts. Let me give you my promo shows. code. Wait, <laughs> I get a little. What do you get? A percentage easy, of my work? Easy, little well, big, yeah. big jokes. Do you really? Uh. Yeah, I can explain how it works. Yes, I, I think can. you just did. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah. Again, thank you again for uh, for driving. Wow. Helping me. Out. <laughs> guys getting a vig. Who's you? I'm telling you, you could squeeze that in. I could probably. Could. Dude, I have people. This is no lie. I get to Uber Eats a lot at the casa, yeah. right? We let them in the gates, and I've had people, no BS, have their kids run up to the house with the food out of the car. I'm not kidding. There you go. It's a family affair. Bring your kid. Have, bring Jackson. Get him working. No. He's old enough. <laughs> How old is he again? I'm six. All right. I'm maybe he's a little young. I'm, I'm six. Like doing that. That, that'd, be like, that'd be disturbing. <laughs> like, yeah, no. You're just, that'd be disturbing. Uh, well, you right. don't live in the hood. It's not like you're going to the project. I'm not here. saying I it has mean, nothing to do with that. If I, That's a little much. If I'm sending my six-year-old son up there with the <laughs> Chinese food order. Yeah, bring this Mugu guy pan to that guy's <laughs> right, people exactly on his house. Right. <laughs> But you could also say it's genius. Maybe you'll get a bigger tip. Yeah. Well, no, I'm telling you. Instead of tipping five, you'll be like, man, they're sending their kid up here. Yes. Give them ten. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. You could do a double <laughs> order. You send your kid to one house. You go across the street to the other house and drop the food off. Well, you could do that as well. Two for the price of one. Right, that's exactly yeah. right. So uh, all sorts of options. I mean, you know, this. So I'll next Tuesday, Basketball Drives drops. <sighs> episode for, number four. Comes episode out. number right. four. But the Taz Show drops today. Correct. Yeah. The Taz Show today. So yeah. make sure to <laughs> make sure to be locked into <laughs> both podcasts. That'll drop for afternoon drive. That'll drop for what. We try to drop it for people in the Northeast uh, that maybe are, you know, on their way home from work or nice. school. And for people on the West Coast that are maybe getting ready for lunch. And so I'll be doing, a, I think, a racing podcast tomorrow for the Jim Dandy oh, on Saturday in um, Saratoga. Yes. Oh. Big three-year-old campaign. Oh, Build yeah. up to the Travers. That's you and what's his face? Brian Monzo. Yeah, Mons. Kenny Mark Peck Malus of the Daily the Racing Moose Forum. is not loose yet. <laughs> By the way, how about Monzo? This, I was cursed. This guy... I, I like Brian, you know. He's a good man. I don't I love hear Brian. I know he's your buddy. I got he him. He is. He's, he's getting set to he, drive down to Disney. To, uh, with all 20 of his kids. Yeah, either that tomorrow or Saturday. Trip. A lot yeah. of podcasts. He's taking a Partridge family bus. Correct. A lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a Partridge You remember the Partridge? Yeah, anyway. Partridge so, family. Partridge family, right. So, anyways, uh, he tweets me, Monzo. Of course, the other day I tweeted about um, about what's his name, uh, Mikey B, about his about basketball drafts, and Monzo comes back with a tweet. I'm paraphrasing the tweet. He's like, uh, he said something to Mike. He said, "Is Taz getting like? Is he like? What did he say? Something like Mike? He wanted to know if I was making money off your podcast. Basically, yeah, because it was like, why are you promoting? He was just shocked. being sarcastic. No, I, Moose, I know that. So or I was he? No, he was, but no. So I come back with, listen, okay, I'm a lot nicer guy than people at that newsroom. Uh, say and people in the wrestling dirt sheets have said over the years. I'm no, a lot a nicer guy. guy. I, I said this public. I'm a very nice person. I don't make any money off this. So as Monzo, as you head down to Florida in your bus, 
with all of your kids, the Monzo Partridge family. Yeah. You could blast Taz and the Moose podcast through that bus. I think it's technically a transit. It seats 12. Does he really have something like that? Yes, I swear to God. So he actually has the Partridge family Monzo bus. He bought a, yeah, he, the bought, Monzo a, family. he bought a Ford Transit. It, it literally, I believe, seats 12. It's like a sh- like kind of a short bus. Yes, correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you're driving, is it like, yellow? No, it's not yellow. But it, I have not, I've not physically seen it. I've seen a picture of You've it. You've driven in it. I've not driven in it. No, I've not driven in it. You but, and Mazo should do the so podcast you, know, you guys like, do in the bus. Right. So you know how a hotel has like the shuttle service to the airport? Like one of those yeah, big transits? That's my gimmick. You got mad. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is what Brian Monzo is going to be driving down to. Transit. Wow. Correct. Like a hotel shuttle. Correct. Dude, that's yeah. hysterical. That's right there. Dude, that's funny. Right. I'm Great not saying yeah. I mean, We're going to end the show. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.